Welcome to the 24 Stories podcast that aims to educate, inspire and help build brands. I'm your host, Stephen Ryan, founder of 24 Stories, and I'll be joined each week by guests from a variety of industries here to tell you how they built their brands. Welcome to episode 13 of the 24 Stories podcast. Um, this week, we're going to look at marketing in the area of hospitality, and I'm joined by Seamus Leahy. So welcome to the podcast, Seamus. Hi, Stephen. Nice to see you today. We go back a long time from our photo days, although we were next door, even though the two businesses were often confused. But before we kind of go into that, I kind of want to go even further back. When did the love for marketing start? I went to college in UCC yeah. to become an economist. An economist. I actually had done very well in leaving certain economics, got yeah. a bit of a certificate and everything, did fierce well. And I remember in third year, I had got first class the first two years in economics and in third year I was going down and I was teaching all the boys on the way down uh, about their micro and macro and all that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah. And uh, I went totally blank in the exam. Whoa. Yeah, I was first and only time it ever happened to me. Yeah. Couldn't even remember my own name. Yeah. And... Uh, I had to reevaluate my view of of economics at that stage. But did you fail that exam? Then? I did. I failed it, even though I knew it inside out, upside yeah. down. I knew it back to front. I knew it all, and I did well in the repeat and all that sort yeah. of stuff. But I couldn't even remember my own name. I think I put too much pressure on myself to be um good at it, and uh, I went off anyway and uh, reevaluated. And I had been introduced to marketing in. Uh, inside in UCC and I was loving the marketing that they were doing yeah and that's when my appetite changed or switched to marketing and and went from there there's some connection between the two very much about the impact on people and it's there's a lot of I suppose consumer behavior type of, on both sides isn't there much more so than the numbers that would go with accounting absolutely but I think one of my few Surprise skills. I have. I'm very good at arithmetic in my head, mm. <laughs> and accountants hate it. <laughs> I'm one of these marketeers who actually d- can do the numbers. Um, but I, I think there is an overlap. I, I think that buyer behavior piece and how people react and why they react and that's the piece that fascinates me. The whole psychology of it. Yeah. 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 What motivates people? Exactly. So. You finished then? Did you major then kind of in marketing or how did, did it happen? I That's it. I went on and did um, marketing major and then I went on and did a master's in um, Michael Smurf at school, um, also in marketing, um, which was tough enough to get in back then. It probably still is. I don't know. But it was prestigious tough. as well. Like, yeah, there was only 10 in the class, like, and half of them were international. Yeah. Um, it was a tough enough one to get into, but... um. I, I got into it for whatever reason. I think they wanted to take one or two country plebs in. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. and I got in and uh, I learned so much in that year. It was fabulous. Yeah. I met the postman three or four mornings a week because I was up doing projects. Yeah. They worked us to the bone. Like I really worked hard, but it really gave me a great work ethic. I, I, I worked harder in that one year than I did in my previous four years in, in, in the other place. And was it like group projects and stuff like that, was it? A bit of everything. I mm. mean, you just get literally um, stacks, and I mean literally stacks of reading on whatever new product development or buyer behavior, whatever area yeah, you were yeah. particularly focusing on. And then there'd be group projects and so on. And you'd often mix with other streams. So there might be a management stream or there might be a HR stream. So you do some projects in conjunction with some of the other streams as well. They weren't all just marketing stuff. Yeah. I remember I had... um. A big debate one time with um, 
a professor, I presume, I don't know if she's still there, her name was Mary Lampkin, right? And she had um, worked with Unilever, Procter & Gamble, one of the big ones anyway. Um, and she was very clear in her vision of what marketing was. She drew up on the board and she put marketing and she put art and science on the continuum, if yeah. you like. And she yeah. said, for everyone, where would you put marketing in the art science continuum? Yeah. And she went round the table and, you know, people had different views. Her own view was that it was heavily towards science as opposed to art. Yeah. And she got to me and I, I, I remember saying, I said, I wouldn't. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I said I'd make two separate continuums or whatever the plural for yeah, continuum yeah. is, right? Um, I'd have um science, non-science, and art, non-science, because I would argue that you have to be scientific first. Yes, and then once you've done your scientific, your your research, if you like, yeah, then you can be as artistic heavily artistic and I didn't find them mutually exclusive or or that they were one against the other. I found them more one after the other and we I had a big debate with her and she asked the question in the final year exam <laughs> the very same question and I stuck to my guns in it how did you get on I did well no, thank god thank god I did well and I like that about it that you could fight your corner you it, didn't have yeah, to be well it should be that way anyway yeah, yeah. absolutely especially you know. when you get the master's level you should have an opinion well that was my view always you should you should like at that stage it should be assumed that you know the basics and yeah. the fundamentals. Yeah. Now, I've, as we might touch on later, I've, I've did a lot of lecturing for a while and corrected exams yeah. <laughs> at, at, at postgraduate level. And I was often surprised at how infrequent the, the, the base knowledge was. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but I would say that at that level, you should have some degree of base knowledge that allows you make a more strongly opinionated view. And it is unusual, actually, in, in terms of the discipline, that there is that scientific element with the market research, but there is that very creative piece Absolutely. as well. And that's what's beautiful about it. I yeah. like it. It's almost a dichotomy. I love the fact that you can be heavily scientific and, and do your research, but then you can go and be creative yeah. to, to execute whatever results you found out. Like in the type of roles I've done, and I suspect in several that you've done too, Stephen, is is that... With marketing, I, I, I often found that we'd love to do more research and we'd love to be more scientific, mm. but often time or pragmatism or budget doesn't allow you be and yeah. you have to trust your gut a yeah. lot or, or your assessment of the market from just what you've seen as opposed to being, you know, like a lot, again, we mentioned some of the big companies or you'd see with movies yeah. where they do these real focus groups and they do detailed yeah. research. Frequently, the the market here's here in Cork or whatever don't get the opportunity to do that sort of stuff. And people then want to know why didn't the campaign work? Yeah, because you never did research in advance, or because yeah. no one was given the time to do so. Yeah, and it's frequently not. I mean, as I said, I would know and you would know that you should do the research. Yeah, and yet you go in and you say, "Oh, why didn't that campaign work? Or why didn't you get that? you were? Let's say I was doing something to." And we'll talk about hospital. Well, listen, I was hoping to get a hundred weddings in a particular hotel, yeah, and yeah. I only got fifty. Mm. Why is that? Is it my price is wrong? Is it my messaging is wrong? Yeah. Is it my product is wrong? Like yeah. all of those things could be wrong. And you know, you put a promotion out, and it mightn't work, and it yeah. mightn't be the promotion. Might have been, might have landed, it might have hit. Yeah. But you have a more fundamental, fundamental issue that the yeah. product isn't right, and 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 why hasn't that worked? 
that's where I would call the the smaller marketeer often struggles to mm. to to be able to present their case, although they know it and they're going off gut instinct or mm. or experience frequently. Yeah, you probably need to do the signs before and after. Yeah, think about absolutely it. sure. I the mean, re-evaluation we, as well. Like, we should yeah. we've all, I mean, in everything that you lecture to people, you're putting at the end of it that you review it or you evaluate yeah, it yeah. afterwards. Summary. And of course you should. And, and we try to. I mean, in one of the properties now, we did a wedding showcase uh, on, on Sunday. So I was yeah. down there primarily as a research piece, you know, yeah, to yeah. see to what, 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 what are we doing right, what are we doing wrong. And and a lot of that then is on tomorrow now, I'll be sitting down with the team and going, okay, let's evaluate the event in its own right, yeah. put it in notes so that the next time we sit down to do an event, the first thing we'll do is read what we did well and what yeah. we didn't. So you have to do a bit of it. But let's be honest, it's never as detailed or as scientific as um, as the books of the company or something yeah. like that, doing their research exactly, yeah. or as the books tell us, and and yeah. the ones we subscribe to, you know, Mister Porter taught us yeah. to do, yeah. <laughs> you know, the five forces and so on. Yeah, yeah. So what happened after uh, Smurfit? Then did you go straight into a graduate role? When I left there, it was in the mid, early to mid nineties, right, okay. ninety four, I'd say. Yeah. Right, yeah. and I was doing my my um, thesis, right, which I did on franchising, actually. And I'm a keen golfer, as you know, yeah, Stephen. Yeah. And I was out taking a moment's break from my uh, from my thesis. I was out golfing, and you'd meet fellas on the first tee. Yeah, and uh, you tell him what you were doing. Yeah, he yeah. asked me what I was doing, and we were having a chat mm. the whole way around, and we had a lovely chat and talk no more about lovely day. Better get back to my studies. And I got a phone call two or three days later, and he was um, the head of HR in Dairy Gold. And he, I got a phone call saying, would you like to come in for an interview? Yeah. <laughs> Down in Mallow, was it? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. hadn't applied at all. Like, yeah. <laughs> 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 um, liked, liked you from the first go, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. we got on fine. And I, I knew his family and he knew my family probably and whatever. And I got invited in for an interview. So I went in and, and talked no more about it. And lo and behold, I got offered a job. But it wasn't as, an, as a marketeer at all. Mm. It was as credit control. Oh, that's right. a bit different. Yeah. And I, I don't want to do credit control. Yeah. Right. But it wasn't a time where jobs weren't exactly. Yeah, it was just of, before the boom as well, yeah, like, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. They, they weren't around. And I said, look, this is a big, yeah. this is a big marketing company. If I go in here, keep my nose clean, do a decent job, keep telling them I want to do marketing, they'll eventually offer me one. Yeah. Um. So that's what I did. And I went, and worked with a lovely man called Con Murphy and Willie Fox. What's the CEO's name? Wolf, uh, the, uh, Jim Wolf. Yeah, Jim Wolf. Jim Wolf was in the office as well, yeah. quite junior at the time. Yeah. Right. Um, so the three of them were kind of my bosses, right? Yeah. And uh, I did credit control. And I, um, and it went on fine. I mean, I was okay at numbers. I remember one day, I won't say what company, given that this is on airwaves yeah, or whatnot, yeah. but I found. They there was a, a half a million euro that one particular large company owed Dairy Gold oh. and had owed for ten years and no one spotted and it. nobody had spotted it and <laughs> I found it and I went up to my boss and I said I I think they owe us five hundred and four thousand <laughs> um and he said fire motor fire motor letter there and see what happens yeah should lo and behold two weeks later the check arrives in you know I I wish I had been on a percentage I was earning eight and a quarter a year. That was my um my big salary at the time. 
And yeah, I kept applying for marketing jobs. Yeah. And they kept offering me accountancy jobs. Yeah. Right. I got offered four. But there was very few marketing jobs in the nineties as well, especially in Cork. I'd say was there. Granted, but they would have been in Mitchellstown because they had the cheese and they had yeah, all of that yeah. sort of stuff. So there would have been some. Yeah. Right. Um. But I was doing well at accountancy, and they kept going. Ah, but you're good. Stay at with the, us. Yeah. You're good at the old maths. Like, yeah. you, why don't you do that? And they offered me one job, and then another job, and then they made a serious play on it, and they offered me an internal auditor's position. Right, and they said, right, we'll send you off and we'll train you to be an accountant and we'll do all of that, right? Yeah. And I said, I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and we were getting pressure at home, didn't you? Don't worry about that, it's a great job. Oh, yeah, no, all the time. Yeah. Um, my my mum would have thought accountancy was much, much more solid. Stable. A yeah. much better job. Like, yeah. what's this, our marketing airy-fairy nonsense. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, so I was getting that pressure at home yeah. and I was living at home as well. And all that sort of carry on. So I started, I had been applying after about six, nine months. I had started applying elsewhere. Yeah. And I got offered um, a job with Scottish Newcastle. The brewing company. The brewing company. But in the hospitality side, they had um, Centre Parks and Pontons and Trabalgan here in Cork. Oh, did they own that at that stage? Yeah, did, yeah, yeah. They owned all of that. So I got offered to be basically their rep in Ireland. Right, yeah. to, to look after Trabalgan from a sales and marketing point of view, yeah. but also represent Pontons and Centre Parks. Centre Parks was a smaller entity at that stage. Yeah. Um, uh, and also a thing called Super Choice, which I think has changed its name now as well. But anyway, it doesn't yeah. matter which was more the outdoor activities, outdoor pursuit stuff as well. So to represent all of that. It was nothing to do with Beamish and Crawford, which was also no, owned by them. No, at that and stage, that was Alf Smitty and yeah, all of that. Yeah. Sort of, and obviously we had a good relationship yeah. with them. Um, and all the bars below were all um, Beamish bars and yeah. all that sort of stuff. At the same time I got offered that job, I also got offered... Um, a job from Dairy Gold. Eventually, they gave me a sales and marketing job. They offered to send me to Italy to sell cheese. Were they, did they hear that you were oh, I on told the them, like I yeah. told them. I so said, they wanted to keep you then? Yeah, I said, look, lads, I want to, I've done five years now. I wanted to be a sales and marketing person. I've done 18 months with you guys. I want to do a marketing job, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And uh, they offered me a job and they said, I said, I can't speak Italian, but I have no Italian whatsoever. And they said, no problem. We'll send you over for a year. You can learn Italian. And then after a year, you can set up an office in Milan, right? Okay. So that was they offered me, which was a fabulous offer. Sounds unbelievable. Yeah, yeah a fabulous offer, and I'd have lovely Italian children now yeah. if I chose that and yeah. all the rest of it. And I'm, some days I'd be thinking about it and whatever. To, maybe I should have gone that way. No great fashion and everything. <laughs> I'd be, you know, half the size and you know, <laughs> lovely you know, tan and yeah, sunglasses. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, cool and you know, driving <laughs> around my moped and all the yeah. rest of it. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, but I chose rightly or wrongly to go to. Um, Scottish Newcastle. Yeah. Um, so Trabulgan rather than Milan. Yeah. <laughs> it seems. I said I wouldn't swear, but you nearly made me do it there. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like a foolish choice. I think, I, if I'm being really honest with mm. myself, I think it was the fear of the language. Okay. Um, had it been France, I probably would have taken it. Yeah. I, I'm, ironically, my family are linguists. My my uncle was the head of the Irish and French department and Department of Education. Yeah. Um, rest of my family are all Gael Gores and yeah. all the rest yeah. of it. I'm not, though. And language has always been a struggle for me. Um, and I think the fear of of learning the language is what had put me off. Had it been America, had it been even France, you would have jumped out. I think I would have taken it. 
but also that move into Scottish Newcastle then set you off and kind of a road into hospitality absolutely i mean and 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 again i wish somebody had told me and i tell a lot of the people younger people i speak to to know you're not told really that well that your first real job in marketing closes as many doors as it opens right mm. insofar as i was pretty much gone out of fmcg at that stage by going down hospitality now i might have been able to get across because of scottish newcastle yeah if i'd gone into the beer side of things i yeah. might have been able to get across yeah. but i i've always noticed like that for the first 18 months when i was in dairy gold trying to get a job right or trying to find the marketing job if i sent out 10 letters i'd be lucky to get one letter back mm. and frequently that would be no thank you yeah. right once i had two years done in in scottish and newcastle any letter i sent out i was getting eight out of ten interviews that's interesting isn't it Jack? Yeah. straight away yeah it, it was gas i tell this story one time that um did i have a competition there was 24 properties in um group or whatever at mm. the time but most of them were Ponton style, right? Yeah. Where you know nine ninety nine a chalet, yeah. and I was selling houses for twelve hundred and fifteen hundred pounds for the same nine ninety nine. And there used to be a contest between sales executives from each of the properties. Yeah. I used to win it every year. I won trips to to Morocco and to London and to I got I won the top salesperson every year. But it was nothing to do with my brilliance. <laughs> I'm much enough. It was purely because my product was unequally matched. The location was fantastic as well. It was, it was kind uh, of lovely beach yeah. area nearby. And yeah, stuff. and 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 it was interesting though when I went in, it hadn't been doing very well. They were selling July and July and all that. And I went in and when I had a look at it, I said, "Look, there's a couple of things we need to do early, right? Yeah. One is we need to reward people for booking early, yeah. right? So I said, look, we're doing a guaranteed early booking offer. Whatever offer we give you." for booking in January and February, that's what you get. Yeah. And this was in the days where you paid when you arrived, I'd imagine. Was yeah, I, I mean, it was a much different. It wasn't. There's no, there was no pay in advance kind of thing. There's no internet stuff. There's yeah. no booking.com yeah. and all yeah. that sort of stuff. So it was to do that. The number two thing then was they were sending out 80,000 brochures a year. I'd say you oh. laugh at that now, yeah. right? But, you know, and the cost each, each brochure was a euro each to print and a euro to post. So that's 160,000 worth of brochures so the first thing i did is show me the list right yeah and long story short anyway i cut the eighty thousand down to thirty six thousand. the rest were duplicates so we were sending over half our brochures out to the to the same person twice so and three times 80 grand just flushing it down the drain basically yeah exactly and but the bigger advantage that i saw is then i profiled those 36 odd thousand people mm. and bought a list that had forty four thousand more of the 36,000. Yeah. Because now I know the type of person who wants to shop with me. Look at like audience. Kind yeah. Of. And that was hugely successful. And who would you have done that? To, like, so on, post or it someone? was on post. Yeah. yeah. It was a, 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 a derivative of on post. I can't even remember. Yeah. The they had the data through yeah. addresses and yeah, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. So it was. And it wasn't a perfect system now by mm. any means. But it was. So do, when you ever see people talking about lists and databases on. On. Mm. On. You know. Your website now. Or your PMS yeah. system. Or whatever. um, It's the same principle. Yeah, it originated in direct mail format and it's moved into digital. Absolutely, yeah. it's the exact same thing. Like, mm-hmm. and, and it proved to me very quickly the power of having a good database or having a good mm-hmm. list. I'd love to say 
CRM, but it was way too early to even yeah. talk about that. That wasn't even terminology no, used back then. I, right? I, I'll tell you one other funny story about CRM and terminology. I was lecturing at the time, part-time, a little bit in UCC and yeah, whatever. Yeah. After three or four years in Trivald, and I got that gig, and I was doing. I did it for about 13, 14 years. But um, after three or four years, I applied for maybe your job, maybe the one you have. No, I don't yeah, know. Right? I didn't country, see you in the queue, right? But <laughs> anyway, um, I went in, and there was five of them sitting at the table. Yeah. Right. Oh, I can't. I can't be coping with this. Right. Yeah. And I knew one of them actually. But anyway, there was five of them there. And it was Dr. This and Mr. That, if yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Right? And the first lady started, and they were all terribly pleasant and lovely to me, yeah. right? And they started off and they went, okay, Seamus, welcome. What is your thoughts and views on the current American writings on the subject of CRM? I didn't even know what CRM stood for. Yeah, so for the people listening, customer relationship management, but you didn't know. So I what did you think know, it was? I hadn't noticed. Sure it wasn't discussed that it, often back then. It wasn't part of my day-to-day vernacular it yeah. wasn't part of my um and a lot of stuff in academic world is never brought into the real world anyway no yeah. no that has as it happens yes it has in fairness but it was no, very yeah. much in its infancy yeah and unless you were working in academia in a full-time capacity i feel right you wouldn't have known yeah. i hadn't notion i had to tell him i didn't know and i made a bags of the answer obviously yeah now if you ask me now you know 51 year old me now would breeze that question because I tell you where to go and that you're not hiring me for for what I don't know you're hiring me for what I do know yeah. and all that but younger slightly more Panic, to impress rabbit in the headlights yeah. kind of a scenario I, and oh, at the same time there was the worst storm I've ever come across outside so it was like the apocalypse going <laughs> off outside with Alarms and 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 uh, yeah. like maybe that was just thunder. your imagination too. But <laughs> you might be right. It might it might have been just in my head. It's possible. It's possible. But no, that's where I was at. Yeah. But anyway, um, so that was that was my uh, dalliance with getting a, a lecturing job out there at one stage. I didn't succeed, by the way. But so, Trevor, how long did you stay with Scottish Newcastle? I stayed with Scottish Newcastle for five and a half years probably if I'm giving advice to people now probably two years too long if I'm being honest yeah. right. why because the first marketing role you think it's too long for a first marketing yeah, role yeah I do I think yeah. to, to build your career if you think of it right I was earning well, let's not get rude now but I was earning eight and a quarter in, in Dairy Gold yeah I was now earning when I joined there. I was probably getting twenty four, twenty five yeah. as my first role. Yeah, and um, five years later, I was probably on early thirties. Yeah, right. you really only jump when you move, isn't yeah, that? That was always the guidance I got yeah. when I was younger you're as well. Ten percent increase if you're really good, like yeah, you know. So I managed to move it from twenty four to thirty two. Yeah, I can't remember the exact, but like the next job, I doubled or tripled it. Do yes, you know what it I mean? goes up faster then. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So so you're kind of in a situation. So that's something, but. I give you one more. So I shouldn't say this, but I'll tell you anyway. It doesn't matter. I'm old. <laughs> what I'm not that do? old either. <laughs> what, what, what can they? What can they do to me now? Right. Um. I remember one time I applied for the marketing director of Pontons. Okay. Yeah. In the UK. In the UK in yeah. Manchester. I was young, free, single. No, yeah. No encumberments. Why, yeah, why yeah. shouldn't I? You let's, know. Let's have a and, I, and they spoke English, so yeah, I less language. No Italian, right? <laughs> right. And I was there once a month, every yeah. month, any or once a month at least, uh, all the time, because that's where I reported into mm. was to that role actually. Yeah. Right. So I applied for it, and um, and the next thing, about two weeks later, I got a communication going, 
welcome to I'll say his name he did nothing to me a welcome to Martin Clancy our new head of marketing okay right yeah congrats well done Martin yeah. I sent off my email and so on well done Martin congratulations yeah. but I also sent one to uh, the HR director right? I said just wondering we won't mention her name let's so just wondering why I wasn't at least interviewed for the role yeah. given that I've had three or four years of, yeah, of, of success mm. and winning top sales and marketing person yeah. each year I thought at least I should have deserved a chat right yeah. and she wrote back to me um, saying unfortunately the role required somebody with um, third level academic qualifications yeah yeah and I, I, being a cheeky fecker, wrote back and I said, which one of my degrees or is it my lecturing that didn't uh, didn't qualify for yeah. for the third level? Yeah. She hadn't looked at me at all. Yeah. No, that was just an excuse. To begin an excuse. So I got offered another job then about six minutes later <laughs> as head of business development in the southwest or something of England. It was just to shut me up. I didn't take it. Like, yeah. So, so at that point, did you kind of say, I'm out of here in yeah, the next while? Yeah. That was that was pretty much. So it was probably four years in. Yeah, yeah. I just, I. It was obvious to me then that um, progression wasn't going to be likely for me within there. Mm. Um, and I think it was probably just because I was working remotely. Yeah. And and remember, remotely was a lot different. So I decided to, in my wisdom, or otherwise, to move. So I went to the, I went to the Kilkenny Group. Interesting. Um, as marketing. As yeah, um, I don't know what the title was. Let's say director of marketing or some yeah. such, some such title. Um, and I stayed there for five years as well. But I was director of marketing for three years, and then um, director of marketing and operations for the last two years or so. Which was a, a big jump, actually, if you think about from where you were in yeah in Scottish Newcastle, like yeah, know? and it was huge because it w- it was also moving slightly away from hospitality. It was yeah. into retail, mm. um, and the excuse that I had used to get it, I think, was the fact that it's tourism retail as opposed to yes, and and there craft was a, and yeah, yeah, and I was all that. So there was certain um sim- symbiosis there or whatever yeah. that I was able to to kind of jump across to but um I loved it to be honest with you with Marion O'Gorman and Bernadette Kelleher were the the yeah. two owners at the time. Yeah. They had just split from Blarney Woolmills yeah. at the yeah. time. Yeah. As you know, quite acrimoniously, I had nothing to do with that. Yeah, it right? wasn't because you were coming in. <laughs> I was brought yeah. in then because they'd obviously lost their sales and marketing team because yes. they all yeah. stayed with Blarney, I suspect. Yeah. And they had got to take away the Kilkenny brand. Mm. if you like yeah right and also some of the craft stores which they had named Christie's Irish stores after their dad much beloved dad Um, one of them would have been in Cove wasn't it yes the the one at Queen's yeah Yeah. you know that one and then another one on the main street in Clarny they also had um, Kilkenny in Nassau Street they had Kilkenny in Leopardstown God, I'm forgetting too yeah, much. Right. Oh, Kilkenny in Kilkenny. Kilkenny, where it originated, yeah. Well, that's an interesting story yeah, in itself. Yeah, that's, yeah. If you ever want to do an interesting view of how brand names and how brand names evolve, um, you should have a look at that because Kilkenny Design was always called Kilkenny Design. Yeah. The the shop opposite the castle, that design centre, that was Kilkenny Design, as was the one on Nassau Street. They were the one entity. But they split and the one opposite the castle got Kilkenny Design 
and the one on Nassau Street got the word Kilkenny. Interesting. And it's a company that's gone from yeah. strength to strength. We had Evelyn, the CEO, on earlier in this uh, the first episode of this series, and it's it's amazing. They're yeah. gone international, and yeah, and amazing. And I, I mean, I I was there for five five years, I think. A great learning curve, I'd say. I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed working with them, but I learned an awful lot. I mean, I got to. I I would have had this with Scottish and Newcastle as well, but I would have had it, you know, using ad agencies, graphic mm. design agencies, PR agencies. Mm. But to do those, you know, I mean, to be honest with you, running four fashion shows a, a, a year was always fascinating for somebody like me, because to be honest with you, um, like what I know about fashion now is is, is minimal, yeah. right? So Milan kind of caught up with you eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Just the Irish version of it. I mean, my sisters used to always hate that I knew that the NA line skirt was in season next year, or yeah. I know what a houndstooth <laughs> pattern is, you yeah. know. Yeah. And I still know a little. You'll see little snippets. We have come to hold out. a conversation with people anyway. Yeah, yeah, you know. But it was always fascinating. You'd go to the fashion shows and they'd check what tie you were wearing and yeah. what suit you yeah. were wearing and what label. And like I'm a country boy from Mallow, like yeah. trident notion. <laughs> I would have been more comfortable in the craft side of things and yeah, that side of things yeah. and and whatever. The fashion stuff I found fascinating. I mean, we were hiring models from Scandinavia and from Milan, and they were costing ten grand a day to do photo shoots. Oh. Like, uh, fast, like uh, different worlds. Like, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, but yeah. really, really interesting. I have to say, like, Marion was always fabulous to me and, and, yeah. and Bernadette, and I, I loved working with them, mm. to be honest with you. Um, but I moved on anyway to an American company, okay. um, Cutter and Buck, right, with your style here in, oh, in yes. Cork. They had the Irish, no, sorry, they had the European franchise for Cutter and Buck, your, or for Cutter and Buck. And right. what did they, what, Cutter and Buck is a golf clothing company. Yeah. It had been quite a well-established brand in Europe. Yeah. Right. Um, And it had fallen away. Okay. Mm. Still doing very well in the States at the time. Mm. Um, And my job was to re-establish it, re-establish it. Right. Mm. So I went in there and I genuinely thought this was going to be my, my job for life. I thought this was the one. And right. that was bringing your passion as well of the golf and all that together. Yeah. Passion for with, golf, with my knowledge of and my even knowledge the of tourism, my knowledge of fashion, yeah. and was based in Cork. Mm. I was sorted, right? I thought this was it, mm. and I was being well paid, <laughs> right? Yeah, and um, my th- so I said to them even from the outset, I said, "Look, guys, give me a few we- a few months to mm. figure out mm. to figure it out, yeah. and I'll come back to you with a plan, right? Yeah." Um, and uh, I, that's what I did. I went away and I came up with what I thought would be a good plan to make Cutter and Buck re- relevant again. Yeah. On the European stage. Yeah. Within um, uh, yeah, in on the European stage, and I visited every place from Russia to Iceland and Spain, Portugal. Germany, the whole yeah, lot. Yeah. We had twenty five, twenty six agents around, yeah. around twenty eight to be exact, around Europe, and I met all of them. Met with key key owners and all the stuff I talked to you earlier about about research and yeah. whatever. I did it in great detail, and I presented after a few months. I presented what I thought was the roadmap to success. Mm. Right, and at the time, Adidas and Nike were beginning to come into 
the golf market. They hadn't been prominent at that stage. On the back of the success of Tiger Woods and all that kind well, of stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They were coming in at that stage, right? And yeah. at that, uh, the older things, the Pringles, the Ashworths, the Cotton Bucks, the more old established brands yeah. were having to gird themselves for what we all now know what yeah. Nike, Adidas, Puma and all of them did yeah. by coming into the market. Yeah. Whereas there was more kind of niche brands in there mm-hmm. at the time. Mm-hmm. So I, I came up with what I thought was an interesting approach on it. And I had basically a three approach, three pronged attack. Right. Yeah, of, yeah. of Whether I was right or wrong, we'll never know. Right. Yeah. And as I'll explain, but I said, look, this is what I would like us to do. Right. We can't take them on. We don't have the money to take them on in um straight face-to-face advertising or sponsorship yeah, they out of water yeah. right i can't take them on like that because they're a big whatever we all know right so here's what we're going to do number one we're going to create a new range of clothing for europe because the american clothing is very big and baggy yeah so we're going to create a, a more sleek um clothing for your for younger people to wear yeah. and for the more continental europe to in in terms in the clothing terms we used to call it more technical wear yeah. so more sort of figure hugging more yeah. um, uh, so on and so forth so let's come up with a range there now the Ameri- I wanted to call it something else but we ended up calling it Cotton Buck Europe or CNB Europe was what it yeah. was called right and it had its logo it was a bit like the lights running around the corner of the studio were kind of lime green yeah. and it was it was trying to be fast fashion and trying to be young and trendy mm. so that was that first thing and we, we designed that range and it came into and it was actually their top selling range for many years afterwards but anyway um, I didn't design it now a guy called Jim Upton um, who's a Cork based designer did it actually yeah um, at number one number two then was I was going to um, uh, sponsor 10 young up and coming golfers okay because I couldn't afford Tiger yeah but you get to, you train I, I and I know identify golf. someone yeah, good. I like. know them inside out, right? Yeah. I, like I love it, right? So I watch it, and I met with Chubby Chandler over and went for two or three times, yeah. and I met um with other agents. And long story short, Anya, I managed to get um ten players agreed to sign up for the next year, right? Yeah. Um, and they were costing me, would you believe, um, I can't say the exact number; that wouldn't be right, but a very small, um. A five-figure n- number to sponsor these each gentle- no in total because I insured against them winning stuff. So yeah. all it was costing me was the insurance, okay. the insurance against them winning. Yeah, right. Yeah, and then um and their clothes they all got about one hundred and forty pieces of clothes each and forty for their for their um caddy or caddy yeah. exactly. So maybe another similar amount of money in product. Yeah. Okay, tiny money now. Yeah. Given that I can, you know, the likes of somebody like um, Annika Sarnsom, who Cotton Buck were sponsoring in America, was getting two million a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> um, so, and I tried to get, my main thing was good looking, right? Yeah. Young. Yeah. And they hit the ball miles. Yeah, yeah, because I was in fashion as well. Yeah. Kind well, of, that's yeah. still in fashion yeah, and golf because yeah. we'd all want to be like them. Yeah, right. So, um, I got them, and my third prong, and I'll come back to them in a second. My third prong then was to um, to get um, uh, oh yes, to do concessions or shop and shop or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So we would go to 
every year we would pick 10 big resort courses right like for example a Lacala or La Manga or Mount Juliet or a place like that yeah. and we would refit a large portion of their shop and make that kind of like a a brand icon mm. piece and then we'd reflect that in our lesser merchandising that you're putting into all the other shops so your hangers and your little yeah. point of sale pieces and all that would be reflected but you'd have really strong brand pieces and you do 10 a year and you do it for five years you're in 50 big locations in the golf world that was the plan right mm. um and they, we all agreed to do it and the day i was and we had all my contracts signed and all that so when the day i was meant to launch it big time i got a phone call and i was told to um um to stop right um yeah. not to do it okay all right and where did that call come from the states no that call came from within ireland okay right because i think they were afraid of whether it would work or not yeah it was a big commitment yes right and um i was told cancel all the players and so on and so forth and uh um i wasn't that impressed yeah let's put it that way and yeah. I, I resigned and um you just walk away yeah yeah i mean were you not worried like i was huge it was a stupid thing to do yeah right is it is it a kind of a hot-headed moment that yeah. you just kind of yeah, I I'm can't. a little bit passionate and yeah. a little bit yeah. like that. Um, I'm a lot m- more mellow now. I would have been... In your 30s. I was in my early 30s being yeah. very well paid, had a really good job, and I shouldn't have done it. But were you also frustrated by the fact that you'd walked away from a, a strong career at the Kilkenny Group, thinking that you were making an, a, an even Passionate. bigger move I, and know that you were being pushed back again. I, I, I think so. And I, I handled it badly. There's no point in saying otherwise, right? Yeah. I mean, I I I felt like, I suppose, is it arrogance or whatever? I felt what we were doing, we'd all agreed, yeah. right? There was real thought put into it. Like the most thought, I had stayed up till literally four in the morning for a month writing the, writing the, marketing plan or whatever yeah, like yeah. this wasn't something i had done kind of without the effort yeah. right i put a lot of research time effort i had done the groundwork i'd mm-hmm. spoken to hundreds of people and i really felt that this had a chance i can't tell you whether it would have worked or yeah, not yeah right? you're, you're going off your gut instinct like we spoke at the yeah, start yeah exactly and subsequently that range that we brought out without all the marketing supports that i'm talking about still went on to be hugely successful worldwide for them yeah. right um so yeah so look long story short we left and um uh uh you know where did i put you then like with, for the first time in my life no job yeah uh, <laughs> you always went from one to the next yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so so um but also very frustrated like i genuinely thought it would have would have worked you know yeah um, what's interesting i'll give you one little more little anecdote on it the after i cancelled i obviously stayed for a couple of weeks to cancel yeah. everything and do all that sort of stuff i'm not that uh, crazy like uh, yeah i'm, I'm, I'm still decent like yeah yeah um but I um I cancelled the players and there was a new CEO going into Cotton Buck the next um that weekend yeah. that I had cancelled. So I spent a week cancelling all the contracts. That weekend the new CEO in America started. Yeah. 
right? And um, uh, he was watching telly before he started on a Monday morning. And there was um, Charles Swartzel. I don't know now if you're a golfer, yeah, but yeah, he's a yeah. young South African. He's not young anymore. He's subsequently won the Masters and so on and so yeah. forth. But he won the South African Open. Yeah. And he was one of the players I'd signed. And I had given him clothing in advance. And he was wearing cotton and buck clothing. Whoa. Right? And he went in to um to his new office the next morning. And yeah. he said, I want to shake the hand of the marketing guy who got Charles Warsaw. What a lovely coup. So yeah. on. And he went up to the marketing guy. Um, and he said actually it wasn't me it was the guy in Ireland so the first thing this new CEO did was phone me and said um, uh, how uh, well done on getting him and I said and how long have you got him for I said well I had him for three years but I cancelled it last week right and he said how much did he cost and I said well and it was tiny money tiny yeah right and he said that's the most amazing deal I've ever heard of yeah. right I said yeah it was a good deal <laughs> and uh, um Long story short, they asked me to try and get him back. Yeah, and we said you can't get him back. No, his his value has Grand quadrupled yeah. in uh, at the weekend. No, yeah. I refuse to try. Yeah, you know, right? But anyway, valuable lesson in that you have to go. Well, you know, well, you have to yeah. get in there before they become big. Right? No, several of the guys that we picked didn't weren't successful. Yeah, and that's some, that's but the nature. Some were too. Yeah. Some were. I mean, he was probably the biz- big biggest success of that 10 yeah. but there was two or three others that did okay yeah. as well you know um but anyway um so yeah i was out of a job then and we out of it for long or a couple of months like I, I i wasn't destitute or anything yeah like and i took a month before i even started looking and yeah and so on and so forth and um did you kind of stop and kind of say okay where am i going next yeah to, i did you know now without being moved like i was um the big the big piece for me when I eventually did go back working was that um like I had to go back two two steps in salary scale as well like yeah so you're going from like you know a very significant six figure sum back to you know um sort of you know mid in a management level yeah, yeah rather yeah. than director level or whatever yeah, yeah 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 so i was like i was getting proper money in the other thing and like yeah. uh, don't ever my advice is don't ever like even if they're wrong and they're stupid yeah, and whatever yeah. hold your your temper for want of a better now it's not that i roared or shouted or anything but yeah. like uh, you know hold your own counsel and and maybe curse them behind your back and take a moment to find something else get yeah get something lined up before you jump yeah yeah and that's i didn't because that's not my nature mm. i i tend to be a little bit more um hot-headed as people i'm i'm very mellow most of the time yeah but you snap every now and yeah, again like yeah yeah. yeah yeah and where did you go after that then i i ended up with um for about a year with enable ireland the charity yeah yeah but in I, fundraising Knowing the shops as it happened, running I the shops, all, running and opening. Kind of going back to the kick anything yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but to be honest with you, it wasn't for me. Yeah. I didn't like it. Yeah. No, no. I mean, don't get me wrong. The work they do is it's sensational. Yeah, yeah. And they were, I enjoyed, and the people in the services there are to be lauded and commended, and you know, yeah. it's fabulous, right? So yeah. But it just, it was a different paced environment for me. Yeah. And I didn't. Yeah. Uh, it didn't suit me. Mm. Right. So I I did I didn't stay there that long and I went off to Fota. 
that was so then that was going back into hospitality going back revisiting your yeah your your pontons days and stuff yeah, like that exactly and there was some some things and um photo had been bought by the fleming group if yeah you, if you remember who were big in construction at the big time in construction but this was their first venture into hospitality and it was the sheraton and at the they time, had brought it? in sheraton mm. and they had called the place the sheraton golf resort and spa yeah but I don't know if Flemings and Sheraton were a marriage made in heaven. Okay. Right. Yeah. They had different views of how to do things. Yeah. Right. So my job was to come in and rebrand the place as Fort Island Resort. Was that your first gig? Like when you went in? That was the, the job. Yeah. So this is what you need to do. We need to yeah. rebrand it. We're rebranding it. So they were moving away from the Sheraton franchise or whatever. It wasn't that they were moving away from the franchise. They just felt it didn't resonate with their audience. Yeah. If that makes sense. But also, the name Fort is quite a strong name. Yeah. I mean, you you and I both know that better than most. Yeah, and we've argued that, that point over the years yeah, as well I mean, with other people. Yeah, yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I, I, I and it's a lesson I learned, in, you know, when you have a really strong... Uh, generic brand it's no one okay else to, has yeah it's okay to ride on the back of it yeah yeah <laughs> and, and and um is way better known in ireland and means a lot more to people in ireland than sheraton does yeah right no no again no disrespect to starwood or sheraton or whatever um and we worked with huguenot you know huguenot yeah, Design yeah. And, and don and the team in there to come up with um with the branding and the brand concept and the brand messaging and all Which that. Which was focused so. around the kind of tree and yeah, nature. And, uh, and exactly. I think there was an oak tree that yeah. was the, 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 that they they focused on and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, Which was a... So that was my first job. At the time, Flemings were hoping um, to open more of these types of properties across Europe. Okay. So my European knowledge would have been beneficial yeah my hospitality knowledge would have been beneficial yeah. with a theory so i was brought in with a view to opening Fota or and then doing the same for Some a place in france mm. a place in germany a place in italy and so on and yeah. so forth so that was hugely exciting for me yeah you know the yeah. thought of being able to do that this was 2006 yeah um and um obviously the other piece was to help them sell property attached to the, the housing no there, yeah. it was Savills and them that were selling the houses but you know from a brand perspective yeah because people so, want to live in a place that has yeah. a nice brand and, yeah, yeah all yeah. that sort of stuff so that was my job was to create and put that brand in place and on mm. and, and, and all that sort of stuff and I learned huge amounts and, and it was fascinating I was there for 14 years yeah. and it had kind of three very distinct lifestyles in it in that the first couple of years it was the boom 2006 and it was all the rebrand the whole all yeah. that very exciting very interesting yeah um, working with Starwood I found fascinating learned a lot about hotels with yeah. with them um, particularly from a sales and marketing point of view learned all about yeah. things like GDS and, and uh, which is global distribution system and how you know booking.com and all yeah. that sort of stuff all of that stuff was fascinating and I learned a lot um uh and then the crash came in 2008 as you know um which affect construction companies like Fleming's well Fleming was actually the very first of the large construction companies to declare bankruptcy yeah 
Um, no, I'm not telling anything out of school. Everybody yeah, knows, everyone knows, it. Everybody yeah, knows yeah. it. They declare bankruptcy depending on which paper you read from between 1.3 and 1.7 billion, yeah. in, 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 depending on which paper you read. Yeah. Okay. Um, and they arrived. Um, uh, and the receivers arrived down with a view to closing the place and um, putting in a management company. Yeah. But they didn't have all their I's and T's dotted and it gave us a couple of days to chat with them. Yeah. Um, and we said, sure, let us do it. We're doing okay. We're making a few bob. Why don't you let us do it? Yeah. Yeah. And um, I, they said, Guan, so you're the first hotel. We don't write Guan. And it was PWC was the yeah. receiver. Um, and um, and they were basically protecting the asset from the liquidator of Fleming's. Yeah. Things so they were protecting it for the banks, yeah, right now, whatever. Um, and uh, they said, Guan Yi, do it so, yeah. And we got on very well with Billy O'Reardon, was the was the was the receiver, and um, Bridget Daly was the, the girl on the ground. We got on very well with them, and yeah. um, they liked us, and they started asking us to do a few more, um give them advice in one or two other places other hotels other hotels because more and more were trickling into, yeah, into a, other similar type of owners had gone bankrupt yeah, in other exactly. areas yeah and, and, yeah and they knew us and unlike a lot of other places we were making money so we were reasonably profitable and so on and so forth um so they asked us to consult in other places after mm. a while and then invite resorts which will come on to was kind of born which was basically managing door or doing the consultancy on them beginning with and then we ended up managing several of them as well places like um the radisson and atlone um castle dargan estate and sligo and seven or eight other places so what you do set up a separate business yeah yeah so we had a company the man- management team out of yeah of fo- a number of Fota, uh, the manager and one other guy and a number of the senior management in Forta yeah. were managing those yeah um and and whatever and then um that was fine for a while and then um obviously they it went through the process of trying to sell Forta yeah and um it was funny actually they uh if if somebody important was coming like Trump came to look at the yeah. place and things like that yeah um again not telling anything out of school was all over the papers at yeah, the time yeah <laughs> I flew in with the helicopter and so Thanks on so well. again, <laughs> yeah um well the people in Dunbeg might disagree <laughs> with you but anyway um so he was looking at Dunbeg the same day in a third yeah. place as well yeah um and several others right yeah and if they were people of his ilk yeah the 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 senior auctioneer came down and maybe yeah. somebody from Nana and uh yeah you know the senior buys turned up. Yeah. And if it was somebody who maybe might be, because we had about 80 views of the place, right? Um, uh, if it was somebody that seemed that might be serious, yeah. then um, the CEO, Jonathan, would, would do the show round. Yes. And if they were tyre kickers, I got to do the show round because <laughs> I knew my place. Like A lot of tyre kickers, I'd say, yeah. yeah. I got the tyre kickers. And as it happened, the Chinese, the people who bought it, I got. Interesting. Yeah, so I got to show them. People didn't take them seriously at the start? No, they didn't. And they were very foolish not to because um, uh, uh, very wise negotiators and strong. Yeah. Um, but I showed them around and because there was a language barrier, they only asked me two questions. And I, mm. as you can tell, I can talk. Right? Yeah. But they um, they only asked me two questions the whole way around. 
And like all the other showrooms, you begin asking, like, what's your average room rate? What's your occupancy? What's your target yeah. market? All the, that sort of question. They ask me, what type of fish are in the pond? The answer is carp, by the way, because they help keep the algae off the... Is that what it is? is yeah. It? yeah, I'd see them floating around yeah. there. Well, not floating, but <laughs> swimming. Yeah, carp, right? And the other one is, is that an angle grinder above in the maintenance shed? And I didn't know, but thankfully, Simon was walking behind me at the time. Yeah. And he told me it was, so I, I was able to bluff my way through that. Yeah, it was yeah. an angle grinder that was in in some housed yeah. unit. They were the only two real questions I got asked for the whole way around. Um. But they they won the bidding process and they came in as our new owners then in two thousand September two thousand and thirteen, uh, and um, th- that started the third chapter then of photo which was again very new and different because it was exciting because they came in they said look we want to buy more hotels we we want to do a chain and the first thing we want to do is can we announce that we've arrived and what can we do. Yeah. Give us your plans. Yeah. Right. So I remember Jonathan, my CEO at the time, walked in with him and what came into me and said, you know, all those s- silly ideas and stuff that you've been having. Yeah. Give me them. <laughs> Let's go throw a few down. <laughs> right. So I had various folders and whatever of concepts that we had yeah. been playing with or, yeah. over the while. And he went in with maybe 10 or 12 of them and he came back out. Uh, actually, you know, they called us in. They said, right, we've decided to do the following. <laughs> Right, number one, um, we're going to host an Irish Open. Yeah, which happened in twenty fourteen. Yeah, it? exactly. Yeah. Number two, um, we want you to run a Christmas event. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and I remember they came to me on the Christmas. Oh, what was the third one? There was a third thing. And yeah, on the was Christmas it the sports one. pitches. Yes, it was. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, the sports pitches. Yes, yeah. it was. Yeah. So. They came to and on the Christmas one was particularly given to me, right? Yeah. And they said, "This is your baby." So, and uh, I said, "Okay," but uh, it was October seventh when they came to me, right? And they said, "You can do it." And I said, "Okay, fifteen months, I'm okay. Yeah, I'll be all right." No, we want it for this Christmas. The two months to turn less than two months. Well, about yeah. six weeks to turn around. Yeah. And I said, "I said, can I have the weekend to think about how I can make this happen?" Yeah. And I went back in and I said, "Right." to the order Julie and, and uh, Jonathan I said right here's the thing right and I felt called Michael as well was the talk that I did. Um, I said right here's here's the deal Um, I can do it on three conditions right you mightn't like them but yeah. here are my three conditions number one we're making it the best one in Ireland yeah no debate number two um, I can hire who I like yeah right and number three you leave me alone <laughs> <laughs> Right, and they agreed to it. Yeah, and there started my eight-year Christmas constant frenzy in car. Oh yeah, well that was down to my worst, the worst and best marketing I've ever done in my life. But like the marketing at the start, I remember we were getting phone calls and everything, like people wanting tickets. Yeah, and you know, I think it was the first one, Believe or something. Yeah, the first one was called Believe, and. and um, he had uh, your man Weddings by Frank wasn't it involved yeah Peter Kelly yeah, yeah. and yeah. he he was I learned a lot from Peter yeah. and, and so on it was interesting actually um, the mistake was fascinating Stephen uh, like I'll tell you I won't name names again but yeah. we as I said, we didn't have much time. And one of the things we set up a holding page on the webs on a, a created a new website called Believe or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah. And we put a countdown clock on it. Yeah. Right. Like a doomsday clock, a countdown clock, tickets available at 
bang, 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 and popped it out on social media and whatever. Yeah, yeah. And that all was fine. People had, you know, there was some interest in it and so on. And then I remember I was in, we were managing Radisson Athlone at the time, and I was driving down, and I was in Port Leash. I got a phone call from the guy who was designing the website for me three days out um, from the launch. The launch yeah. was the 1st of November, so this was, what, 28th of October yeah. or something. And he goes, yeah, I need three times as much money to do the website. Right? And I said, but we have a deal. We've yeah. done a deal. Yeah. And he said, no, you can't have it unless... Unless you give just me. like that, like yeah. yeah. So again, a bit like my moment in 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 Cotton Book, I had a yeah. bit of a. So I told him where to go. Yeah, <laughs> right. And we 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 got somebody else to do it in three days. Right, that was some challenge though. Yeah, well, it didn't work because the website broke after forty minutes. Um, open. Oh, that's why we were it. getting so many calls yeah. in the park at the time. Yeah, yeah. so. We launched it, let's say, at noon. Yeah. Right. And by 12.40, it couldn't handle and it said, I've had enough. <laughs> Leave me alone. The server couldn't manage the no, amount of traffic. It yeah. w- in this instance, it wasn't the server. It was actually the website itself. Oh, the, it? the, the The programming was wrong. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, long story short, they fixed that and it was working for 12 noon the next day. Yeah. But in the interim, the amount of social media, if you ever want to make anything viral, make people don't be able to get it. Yeah, That's scarcity is the key, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, they weren't. And Go back they, to your economics yeah. again, supply and demand. Yeah. You know, The internet did did the rest for me. Yeah. Everybody was just, oh, have you got the tickets? Did you get yeah. on? Is it is it websites working? It's not working. And yes, we were getting abusive. I thought you were doing it on purpose, actually, at the time. But. I'd love to tell you I was a genius <laughs> marketer, right? I'd love to tell you I was genius. But no, I wasn't. We had a headache from dealing with phone calls. Yeah. But that was a different yeah. Yeah, Well, that was partially just a naive. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was fine. So we had 35,000 visitors the first year to the Christmas thing. Yeah. Um, so the second year I went and bought a much bigger fancier website yeah right and it was much better and worked much better and all the rest of it. but I did go to guys now just so as you know last year the demand was insane right yeah. and now we're known and people enjoyed it yeah. the demand will be even bigger so make sure you put us on the biggest possible server yeah right and they didn't so this year the website lasted 20 minutes year two and it broke again. Oh, my God, yeah. Now, yeah. year two was the one that you'll probably remember. Because we ourselves had six and a half thousand phone calls. 800 people turned up at the desk on the day in question. Whoa. Um, and the, the scrimmaging for tickets that yeah. particular day was insane. And it was purely in this instance, the server couldn't handle the volume. We had 40,000 hits in mm. 20 minutes. But it was also probably on the back of the success of the first one where people said, oh, God, you have to do this next year. Absolutely. No, the, the event itself was The product lived up. Yeah, yeah the, the product was good. No, we learned a lot. Jesus, yeah. we did a lot. And of it improved wrong. every year. That's what I would yeah. have said to you. Oh, no, it did. It did. We learned an awful lot. And I hired a few fabulous people to work with me. Yeah. Terrell, who's in UCC. Terrell Cullen now was amazing. Yeah. Um, I hired her after year three or four. She was just sensational. Yeah. And, uh, and, she uh, worked in the World Cups and things yeah, like that and, previously. Uh, we had a girl yeah. called Phil 
Philippa Dean, who's down with Clonakilty Pudding now, and yeah. she was sensational. Yeah, Terrell worked in World Cups, a fascinating lady. If you ever want yeah. somebody interesting to talk to, um, it's her. Yeah. She's amazing. Um, Philippa Downan and 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 several others. I don't want to be naming because yeah, I'm going to forget. I'm going to yeah. forget them. Um, in latter years, I had a girl called Megan McCarthy, who's now worked Sisks, right? And yeah. she was she, her her um marketing, um intelligence was fabulous yeah. right just yeah. really good at, at creating stuff and adored Christmas and I think that was the key all everyone had to adore Christmas and we did it became such a big part of what you did down there as uh, well didn't it, it? but like it went from being our quietest month of the year to our busiest month of the year now some people would have argued that maybe it wasn't on brand if you're a five star resort right is something that is a more broader reaching type of product that uh, is it appropriate i would counter argue and say that the high quality of the of the product itself um and the reputational advancement that it did yeah. and, and brand recognition that it did probably was there but you could make an argument to say is it leaning itself away from the very silver service five star yeah property i would argue thought it was never sitting in that space anyway it was more filling sitting in the five star family yeah. market as and he had to repositioned it to be family yes exactly because in those early days before Fleming's repositioned it as Fort Island it would yeah. have been seen as a place for couples and spa and the golf course yeah. obviously well, we deliberately did that and partially because of ye being next door yeah <laughs> it made <laughs> and, sense and, and, you know why would we be trying to fight something one if not the biggest family attraction is literally next door yeah. and shares your name yeah why like Disney the hotels at Disney aren't hiding from the fact that Disney is the Disney park is there and was it one of the reasons when when the Kang family came in would that have been part of this like you know the appeal was that they could see the synergies between I would hope so I would hope so I think they were been to be fair to the Kang family they would have been hugely supportive of the Christmas thing yeah um and hugely supportive of family. Julie herself is yeah, very big the into Chinese family. Yeah, Chinese would be very big on yeah. family. So, so she would have been very much a fan of it. Um, yeah. Surprised that since I've left and since Tara left that they didn't continue to do it. Yeah. Surprised Julie didn't insist on it. But look, I, I'm not involved in yeah. the internal politics yeah. of it. Um, I, I would suggest that um, it would make it a much quieter place down there. Because like... For from year two to year eight, we had sixty thousand visitors in December, yeah. um, and we moved it from being the quietest month of the year to being the busiest month of the year. You know, it's um, like having your own pantomime, really, basically. Yeah, exactly, like, uh, and, and, and that's how I described it. it was yeah. an immersive theatre across ten acres. Yeah, uh, is how you know probably wasn't ten acres, but that's how it yeah. was kind of the thing. My favorite bit of all was though when we used to do the PR stunt, doing the casting. Yes, and the we used to out in the Kingsley, as you know, we opened that hotel as well yeah we just get four or five hundred and i'm just conscious of what ears are here uh, potential or uh, elf and elf helpers yeah. Yeah. coming to visit us um to audition to work with santa and the elves and create Fortum. a great atmosphere oh i had so much i was just i still consider myself maybe incorrectly as the simon cowell of the elf world <laughs> right um so uh i just they even made me do the stupid high pants and and getting out of a car once <laughs> i remember that because red yeah. fm were doing a bit of it as well actually yeah yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. so we we um we 
and I read of him was workless loads actually and we had Colin and Izzy and people yeah, like that yeah, always on yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, and they were amazing I met Colin recently actually he's a lovely man yeah, uh, yeah. but I we uh, I just love it and we'd get them all and they'd be standing on stage and you know uh, like right throughout the whole event I would only address you by your elf name yeah. so if your name was Alabaster Snowball that was it you were Alabaster for the month yeah. right and I'm talking to you as Alabaster and that was the rule like you yeah, were Alabaster yeah. Snowball and I think my favourite audition was a girl came in one time and uh, we had the same questions you know what do you do in the North Pole and things of that nature and uh, I she goes, uh, um, oh, I walk with the reindeer. I said, oh, we've lots of people here who walk with the reindeer. Yeah. And, you know, what do you do? And she says, I'm different. I'm different. I teach them how to fly. Right. I said, oh, go on, Saul. How do you do that? And she said, wait. Right. Yeah. And she got off the stage and left the room yeah. and got two people to hold the doors open and live a beautiful, dramatic pause. Yeah. Right. And she ran back into the room, skipping, right, jumping almost like a ballerina yeah. up onto the stage. And she was, you know, yeah. on dash or on dash. <laughs> <you know? laughs> and, she, and she's sprinkling fairy dust. She said, yeah. this is how I teach yeah. them how to play. And I do this with them for a while. And that's how they learn. So she got the job. She was amazing. <laughs> that's where the art comes back in. When yes, we were talking about exactly. the, you were talking about the science. That's yeah. definitely the art. Oh, these people were amazing. Spectacular. You and, know, And it's amazing to... to, to to spend time with people like that as well. Oh, I loved it. I adored it. They just reinvigorate you. Yeah. They and, reinvigorate. You get... and and you spend too much time when you go up in business that with accountants and with yeah. people like that. And the more the more time you can spend with creatives, be they graphic designers. I know you had Deirdre in recently and yeah. I worked with Deirdre F- Corcoran from Chapter for years and she was she's amazing. I think she's spectacular. Yeah. Right? I mean, but if you have somebody like that you know they inspire you but then these these elves and things like that all full of passion and oh, you know just and and their their energy and enthusiasm is yeah. just is is fantastic and it invigorates you and makes you smile going into work to be honest with you but you walked away from it all then yeah yeah <laughs> but I, like i thought that day would never come i said i'm internal politics is always funny at times and I I'm not sure I I, I'm politically um, wise enough um, in that field I tend to be a little bit more straightforward and and, and whatever Um, so I felt it was time for me to do something different after about what 13 14 years 14 years years. yeah Um, and I went off and decided to do something for myself and had several things lined up and did left. you get offers I didn't go looking for a job okay you kind of kept it quiet no I was only I was only I mean I've subsequently been offered a few things but at the time I was only looking for um to do something for myself work yeah. for myself yeah and do which some is something the, that you hadn't done up until that no, point and, yeah. and and um yeah, and I, I, I'm not sure was it the right or the wrong thing, but that's mm. what I was trying. Yeah. Right, I wasn't in any financial destitution that yeah. I couldn't try yeah. something for a while. You yeah. know, so I said I'd give it a go. And two weeks after I left, the pandemic started. So my five contracts that I had lined up to get me going 
in the hospitality they sector. All in hospital, well, four to five were in hospitality. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, were all gone, so I was left with with no no um no livelihood or means yeah. to to do. Did you feel do. like you were back in the cut on book kind of thing again? Yeah, it was slightly different, but yeah, yeah, yeah a, a little bit. I mean, probably less less um tortured from a financial perspective if yeah. you know what i mean yes i mean I, I i wouldn't have had that desperate urgency i could have sat and done nothing for a couple of years and i'd have been okay yeah yeah but um i i decided um to get back what i mentioned him earlier actually jonathan the, my former ceo we yeah. sat down and had a coffee yeah and we said will we reinvigorate this company that we use use to manage hotels yeah Back in 2008 to 2011-12. Yeah. Um, but then instead of managing hotels and doing consultancy, will we try and buy a hotel or two as well as manage hotels and kind of move away from the consultancy? And, and so that's what we did. We bought a hotel in um, uh, in, in Clare, Killaloo Hotel and Spa. And uh, we manage a hotel in Sligo, Castle Dargan Estate. Um, and we do a few bits with a few others as well. Yeah. You know, so you're on the other side of the fence now. Yes and no. I mean, I'm still trying to do the marketing. And yeah, I, yeah. But it's I'm not on the day job of it. Yes, right? I miss it terribly. Right, in many respects, you I don't have people running in trying to be deers or anything anymore. Flying no, into and the, I miss yeah. that hugely. And, yeah. and and we might just briefly. I do intend to open a, my own Christmas event. Yeah, yeah. But we'll come back to that, <laughs> right? But um, back for Christmas, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but uh, for now, we said we'd open a hotel, um, one that had been closed for five or six years. Yeah. So I got to do it again. Write a lovely brand document. How's the brand? What's it going to look like? How how's all the vibe and feel yeah. for it, and and so on and so forth. And and we've opened that, but obviously it's been in the middle of of a pandemic, so it's been yeah. So you haven't had a normal period as no. such yet, and it's maybe twenty twenty three might be with it? closer, I think. But staffing has been the hardest thing because yeah. so many people left hospitality. Yeah. Um. And like I have little or no operational skills. Like I can't pour you a cup of coffee. I'd, yeah. I'd hurt you, right? Um. So, I, I think um. That bit has been a bit of a challenge, you know, to get them. But, but um, it's been quite successful. It's I've enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, but I do find it strange not having that day to day piece. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um. Uh, that's still quite. So is there a, a hunger there to to do more of that? Yeah, I think so. I think no, hunger. Yeah, I think even there is. half of your week or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. I'm still working, but I was working in photo comfortably seventy hours a week. Yeah, right. Now I'm sure um, the chairman or somebody might say I was doing less, but um, but I I was comfortably doing that type of hours and I was putting that type of effort in. But people don't see all the different elements that you do in your work. Like I mean, no. you bring a lot of a home and yeah. You, even thinking about it exactly your yeah, I'm is. not even sure I'm even counting that in the 70 I'd say I was sitting yeah. in the chair down there I, yeah. I'd say two three nights a week in fought I would have been locked in by the security man yeah. into, into the golf club my office was in the golf club and, yeah. and for things like that and it was very much part of my life and, 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 and I loved it now don't get me wrong I loved it was it a sad day when you walked away actually 
Yeah, it was sad. And I mean, don't get me wrong, I have a lovely relationship with Julie and with yeah. them, uh, w- with her family. Still, the, you know, I'm and very... would you go fun. down to the course? And no, play, I've no? never been. I haven't gone inside the door since yeah. I've left, which yeah. is weird, given that I spent 14 years there at least at least six yeah. well at least five days a week yeah because I, I, I remember the day I locked up the wildlife park for the last time yeah. and it is a kind of upsetting moment yeah yeah when, very much so when you're I, there well I remember I suppose you wouldn't have it in a, in a hotel but there was nobody else around oh. and you're locking the door yeah and you're walking away and obviously you finished up a few days later yeah. but that was my last on duty or yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. Yeah. lock it up and it, that is a kind of a strange moment when that happens. is I kind of had it in the golf club yeah and very weird and walking out of the office and almost anticlimactic because you've been there and you've been part of the furniture for so long and and people yeah. will call you Seamus from Ford I bet yeah, you just absolutely. like they call me Stephen from <laughs> yeah exactly or frequently <laughs> call me Stephen from Ford as well but that's another thing and I'm sure you've had the opposite as well yeah. between you in Ford and Seamus Heaney and Kingsley like, I very was, confusing uh, Oh and God, Seamus I was on the podcast as well. I don't think th- anyone knows who I am. I think they think I'm an amalgamation of the two of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but anyway. Um, you do exist. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, possibly. Maybe this is you and throwing your voice. We'll never be 100% sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, no, it's, it's it was a very, very strange moment and a little bit sad. But, you know, I had a lot of good friends there. Mm. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, but as I say, it was time for a new chapter, and the new chapter has been fascinating and interesting. So. Um, uh, to open a new hotel that you have a different level of responsibility and things like that. Mm. The fact that I'm doing three or four projects for myself at the moment, you know, yeah, I'm bought a couple of houses. I've developed um an apartment complex. Um. Uh, and are you using the marketing skills and the operational skills that you've got in the various, in the retail, in the hospitality, in, in food, across those as well? Well, the, the, the houses I bought were for Airbnb. Okay. So I would hope that the hospitality piece and the marketing piece will fit very much in those. Okay. But they're not on market yet. So I think... You but haven't I, even tried, yeah. I, I can't answer that mm. other than that. The bit that I had no skills with was dealing with plumbers and and builders even yeah. though my dad was a builder and my god that's been hellish you know to try and get all of that done yeah. even though I'm working with a very good guy now but it's all of that stuff has been difficult to get things and I suppose the bit that I found most difficult you might have found it too Stephen is like I had 40, 50, 60 people working for me in Fota yeah. and it was always things now I'm often waiting for a few days for an answer for something yeah. there was always so much going on you were never waiting for something for an answer because you always had something else to be doing yeah right whereas now you know you might be waiting for a response in this and 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 I find that a lot of it doesn't go at the pace I'd be happy with yeah and again when I had the might of a photo behind me I could kind of insist it went to the mm. pace I wanted whereas when I'm little old me it's different it, it much harder you know, um, it's interesting. As I say, I did a showcase in Killu, um, last Sunday, and um, the three girls who were kind of the main sellers on the day, the yeah. wedding team, if you like, yeah. Well, w- two of them, the wedding team, and one additional person who was helping. And I sat them down, let's say at ten a.m. that morning, and kind of said, "Right, these are the pitfalls. These are the things because I've done a hundred of them. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. These are the things that are going to happen. Yeah, right. You need 
be prepared for this people and every single one of them happened right and they came back to me at the end of the day like how did you know because I've done a hundred you know how did you know this was going to happen how did you know we didn't realize when you said that that was going to happen that was what was going to happen and it's just I suppose in some ways you kind of feel oh god I wish I could you know um do it more because yeah. I do, the bit I'm finding most difficult is I'm trying not to step on people's toes yeah you know you even, don't want a moment where you're taking away that well, then responsibility I'm, and then I'm the sales and marketing manager of the yeah. hotel and that's not what I'm supposed to be yeah and it's very difficult having done it for so long not to you know and so, do you do you try and allow them to be as innovative as possible because that can be hard as well when, when you're such a creative mind yourself that when other people come that you want to put your own twist on it no I've all one of my and I have many failings but one of my strengths is I've always been good with creatives yeah. and people my view is you could like blue I can like red yeah. right it doesn't matter right if it's your job to be creative be creative on yeah. it as long yeah. as we have certain yeah. brand rules and guidelines that we all live to and we understand why yeah. knock yourself out right yeah. I try not to but I do sometimes catch myself black hatting stuff that I shouldn't, you know, yeah. kind of going, um, yeah, that won't work. And and it's it's a strange one because frequently I'll turn out to be right. Yeah. But I only learned it by trying it myself yeah. and failing and 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 it's I haven't quite figured out the best way to impart that information yet, I think. So what's the future? Are you gonna go back into it? I don't know, I got offered a position there to do sales and marketing director for a group of hotels recently. Um I wasn't looking for it now, yeah, they just came they to came. me. Yeah. Um uh not right now anyway. Yeah. Not right now. If I'm being honest, my, the future right now is I'm going to hopefully get these hotels going the way I want them. That's great. Yeah. Nice living. Happy with that. Yeah. Do I have those other couple of projects nearly done, but my big one now is I want to create my own Christmas project again. I have it And written. you probably have to start it now, even yeah. though I know it seems mad. Up. Like no, I'm in January, pe- we're talking about Christmas, but... I know, it's like, I, I mean, in photo, I was started in October for the Did following year. January. You learned after the first one. So oh, yeah, then, yeah, well, like, it took a few years to get to that level. Yeah. But, like, you do certain things, like the toys, you know, making yeah, sure the elves yeah, are making yeah. the toys well in advance and things like yeah. that. Logistics, I suppose, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um so I'm meeting somebody next week now very much with the view to that. I have the I'll be honest with you, I have the website built. Mm. Um I have the name, I have the brand concept, Brilliant. I have uh, the story written, I know what it is. Um my just looking for location. I must I must find a location in Cork. I'll use this location in Sligo that we have. Okay, in the hotel that you have. And we'll probably do the two there. The one in Clare doesn't lend itself to it. Just doesn't. It's not. Dif- there won't be enough space. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I'd do it there because that has yeah. Limerick's catchment area. Yeah. So I'd probably do it in Cork and, and in Sligo for year one. And if the concept works that I come up with, which is quite different to yeah. the one in... In in um in Fota. In Fota. Um, but with learnings from there, of course, yeah, but yeah. quite different. Um, a, if if I'll I'll um launch that, ho- maybe this year. Worst case scenario, it'll be next year. Yeah, but I think it'll probably be this year. If if you, I'll know for certain, if you ask me, in yeah, uh, by the end of March, the decision will be made one way or the other. You'll have to go over it then at that yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's kind of what I'm playing with at the moment. You know. Um, so. 
I'm hoping I'm hoping to yeah. launch that. You know, we uh, we could have two or three podcasts here, James. But yeah, sorry, sorry, Steve. you're. No, it's been absolutely fascinating. But we finish with every guest with three questions. Okay, go on. Okay, and I'd say you could probably give tons of tips. <laughs> okay, but if you were to give one tip to a brand to how they build it, yeah, let's say a small hotel or whatever, yeah. what would you what would you say to them? Um, write your brand document at the outset. Yeah, be very clear about what how to present it from not just the building blocks, not just yeah. the logo and the catchphrase or and the font the, or the anything. Font. Yeah. You have to have that too, mm. but have a very detailed brand guidelines document in place as an outset, but don't make it so restrictive that team can't go and develop within it. Because a brand should evolve over time. Absolutely. It has to keep evolving. And I found always using younger people mm. allows you evolve those things and then you just keep the, it neat and tidy and you were talking about younger people there the second question i have is what tip would you give i suppose an individual to build their brand yeah oh well look at olivia buckley is the first thing i'd say yeah? she's just amazing and how she does it i've had maybe 200 marketing interns in my life yeah right and she was my first ever one right um in the kilkenny group yeah. Olivia Buckley and um, she went on to work for Peter Kelly and now she's set up her own thing as you know and it's yeah. gone from strength to strength and yeah. does weddings and she's an amazing brand ambassador and she lives and breeds her own brand but if you don't want to be as front and center of a brand yourself yeah right I think the advice I try to give most of my team when I talk to them is you're better than you think you are yeah and the rest of them aren't half as good as they say they are yeah Right. Yeah. Because you have there's always ten percent of people who shout and roar of how brilliant they are. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Those type of people are archaic and useless, and they shouldn't yeah. be. Yeah. Right. Listen to other people and take cognizant of what they're saying. But you are better than you think you are, and they aren't half as good as what you think you are. So self belief. Yeah. The last question I have is with our sponsor skills base is what skill do you need in in your industry? And I'm thinking in particular in hospitality, but marketing, what's the most important skill you need in that industry? <laughs> the one I say to my gang <laughs> is come off the internet, lads, and yeah. talk to people. <laughs> people skills? Yeah, like the big problem now I see with anyone under the age of 30 in particular yeah. is that they think an email is the sales technique. Yeah. Right? The email or... And you know by email I mean email uh, or messenger uh, or yeah, message or whatever yeah it's an introduction a follow up or uh, a whatever right if I really really want to connect with you still Stephen I need to sit down and have a coffee with you yeah and I need to listen to you and you need to listen to me and we need mm. to talk and whatever the bit that people are struggling with is the ability to sit down talk have a chat have a conversation I think in hospitality of all areas like that's still crucial at the end of the day, if you're buying a wedding off me, it's the wedding coordinator, the wedding team, it's the manager on the floor. They're the people that you're really buying into, right? And that that whole ability to interact with each other and have that warmth and genuine caring. I think that's a great bit of advice. Yeah. Seamus, it's been a fantastic conversation. I think we could have gone for another few hours. Sorry about that, Steve. <laughs> no, it was brilliant. And I think people will get a lot out of it. Thanks a million for coming in. Not at all. My pleasure. That wraps up this week's podcast. Thanks again to our sponsor, Skillsbase app. 
which is a solutions provider for companies looking for mobile-first engagement and blended learning tools. To find out more information on what they can do, visit skillsbase.ie. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the show and get in contact with us on all social platforms. I will be back again next week with a brand new episode.